Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. That's all they want. There's 24 of us, Gail. Only one comes out. And so it was decreed that each year the 12 districts of Pan Am shall offer up in tribute one young man and woman to be trained in the art of survival and to be prepared to fight to the death. This is the time to show them everything. Make sure they remember you. Welcome back, Care Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Our guest tonight, she's the only actual teen guest we've ever had on this podcast. Let's bring her in to see if she's still got that teen magic, the future nurse to be, Leah D. Woo! Yay! So delicious. It's perfect to have you here because you definitely tap into the teens way more than I can at this stage in life. So you're our resident teen expert. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get to it, though, real quick, housekeeping, contact information, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and vicariouslivingpodcast on the Instagram. Slide into our DMs for all of our good swag. I have the swag. Yeah? Yeah. I don't see it on right now. I wore it the last time I was here, but I didn't wear it this time. Sorry. That's okay. What movie are we doing tonight on the pod, Leah D? We are doing The Hunger Games. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for this one, too. This is this is my prime when I was... I wasn't even a teenager when I saw this. I was only 12. Yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Old. But I will say that, the like you said earlier, when you saw this, you had the poster on the wall oh absolutely yeah absolutely i i was obsessed with josh hutcherson mm-hmm. um yeah everything he did was just amazing he was like my first real crush like besides <laughs> zach efron from high school musical but he was like my first like love so life. do you think josh hutcherson is 98 or 99 percent of the reason why you chose this movie to do on the pod oh um 98 99 no. Well, okay. 100? I would say a different answer when I was 12. So probably that percentage when I was 12. 
But now, like you said, I'm 21 and I probably, I don't know. It's just part of my, part of my history. Yeah. By the way, this is the second straight podcast in a row where we've had a 21 year old guest on. What? Yeah. Wait, who was on it last time? Uh, Katie H who runs the XOC. Oh. Yeah. 30,000 followers. Wow. So, you know, this podcast I should definitely look it. her up. <laughs> Yeah, this podcast has officially made it. Uh, it's gonna just—it's gonna be tough. I gotta stay humble, you yeah, know, as right. I get really famous and stuff. Exactly. But. You mean stopped on the street and yeah, asking for autographs and everything. I'm sure yeah. you're just as famous as Josh Hutcherson now. Yeah, <laughs> probably, um, probably I, because I, I think he fell off a cliff. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> can I show you what I was gonna show you before? Oh yeah. Okay. Because I think it's relevant for this time. This we podcast. all know we all know I'm Team Peta, so um, I just wanted to show you that I when <laughs> I was twelve, <laughs> I got this. Oh shit! It is a. Leah's I wish we opening had video. Up, Leah's opening up a massive <laughs> Peta pillowcase. Pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> we should get a. We need to get a picture. We'll get a picture of this. We'll put it on a pillow. And yeah, I used to sleep with this. Oh my god! <laughs> when I was twelve, he actually looks really hot there. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. He appreciates it. That's clearly from the second movie. No, I'm like ninety percent sure this is from the first movie. Really? Because I wanted it. I remember asking for it for Christmas because it was just. Like, yeah, let's definitely get a picture of that. That's insane. Nice so, job. Yeah, I also I used to have a bunch of magazines. Like I kept all of my Hunger Games magazines. And anytime I would go to the like grocery store or Target and I would see one with any of the actors on it, I would buy it like immediately. But I we moved and now I can't find them. No, but this is the thing. It, the age of 12 is the age where you would completely obsess out over right. like, you and, know, But I was going to bring them. I yeah. wanted to, I wanted no, that's, to that's be known. No, that's perfect. By the way, you can find this movie on Peacock for free with ads. Ads aren't too bad. Only 15 second ads. Yeah, it actually wasn't bad at all. Uh, okay, are you ready to get, get into it? Because I want to dive right in. Sure. Okay, so let's set the stage. Okay. 2012 screenplay written and directed by Gary Ross. But more importantly, it's not this guy, though. It's the writer of the books who I want to talk about. Yeah. Suzanne Collins. A queen. Have you read the? You have read these, right? Yes. One and two. So I'm like 90% sure I read one. I don't really remember. Um, I definitely read two because that's my favorite. And then three, I had the audiobook because <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. Three was not great. Uh, I did the same thing. I read, I, I know for sure. I read the first two, loved them, mm-hmm. was obsessed with them. And then I think they, honestly, they started coming out with the movies before I read the third one. So then I just switched over to the movies and I will say the usually I'm like I, I barely read books ever. Mm-hmm. So whenever I do, I always I do that cliche like I default to the books are so much better than the movie that mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but in this case, I actually feel like the movies on one and two, it pretty much like lived it up. It pretty much covers everything. Like there were only yeah. a couple things in the second book that I was a little upset that they didn't put in, but for the most part everything was covered and i was very happy with the movies well also i feel like they cast it really well like 
On the Harry Potters, for instance, I was really pissed. It's been covered a million times on this pod. The Daniel Radcliffe casting. When are we doing Harry Potter? Me. Whenever, whenever it's like the day I officially want to kill myself is when we'll do the Harry no, Potters. No, <laughs> come on! I've been begging. So, but this movie, and we'll get into the the different cast members. I actually felt like it was cast like almost perfectly. I'm gonna have to disagree with. Okay, you. then let then let's then <laughs> we'll get into it then because I'm curious where you disagree because I think like one through ten in the cast from like Jennifer Lawrence all the way down to like Seneca. I feel like it was perfectly so cast. I liked the cast after I saw the movie, but I remember being in fifth grade, <laughs> nice. I think. Yeah. And everyone was mad about it at school. Like I remember so many people being mad about it because Jennifer Lawrence is naturally more of a blonde. Yeah. And Peta or Josh Hutcherson is naturally brunette. And in the books, they're not. Like, it's the opposite. Katniss has brown hair and Peta has blonde hair. And everyone was mad about it because they did the opposite casting. <laughs> and they kind of fixed it. They kind of fixed it. But Peta still looks like he has brown hair. But I just remember people in grade school being so mad about at least just that casting. Uh, what a 12-year-old is mad about, you know? Like, yeah, we that's, read it. Yeah, that's And then the we're thing. mad. That's it. So it's... If you're 12, you're mad at the hair color. And by the yeah. way, people change their hair in movies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. That was the thing. We thought that they were going to just look the way that they were. We didn't understand that. Well, yeah. Okay. So we'll get into that more. Too. We'll get into that. That makes sense to me, though, for like a 12 year old logic kind of thing. That yeah. makes sense on why you would wish it was cast different. I, I'm actually glad it was something that meaningless, to be honest. It, was, it, was more I was it wasn't be anything up. with the actors. We didn't get that deep at 12 years old. Yeah. About the books. Before we get into all these actors, I just want to stay real quick on the books. I think Hunger Games is my third favorite young adult series of all time really what are your first two i'm curious number one the throne of glass series okay never you have to read these at some point okay though i need a new book series anyway so there's seven books and then there's a prequel and Mm -hmm. like i may go i've never read a book twice but i may go back and actually read it a second time it's that good it's young adult but it's like fantasy okay and it's amazing Two, Harry Potter's, you know, the books were so good. And I think that's why I hate the Radcliffe in the movie so much because I love the book so much. Okay. And then three. I've only read half of those. Yeah. Actually, I've only read the first two. I'm not even going to lie. Well, I'm in the middle of the third one. Then you have to read those two. I'm trying, but I I am obsessed with the movies right now. So it's a little hard (laughs) to get it. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about Harry Potter. No, I just with the books, I realized when I was writing all those notes down that I think I just like emotionally stopped developing after like the age of 14 because somehow my (laughs) I have a teen podcast for three plus years and my favorite books are young adult novels. So I don't know what the fuck's happening in my head. It's okay. I still love Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter is still. I know, but you're 21. So you're you're a lot closer, I'm, but I'm still <laughs> far away from that age. <laughs> yeah, but I'm way further. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Book origins, though. I wanted to read this because this was actually interesting to me. I screenshot this on my phone when I was Wikipediaing Suzanne Collins. Okay. Book origins. Collins says she drew inspiration for the series from both classical and contemporary sources. Her main classical source of inspiration is the Greek myth of 
Theseus and mm. the Minotaur. Interesting. In which, as a punishment for past crimes, Minos forces Athens to sacrifice seven youths and seven maidens to the Minotaur, which kills them in a vast labyrinth. Collins says that even as a child, she was stunned by the idea since it was just so cruel to force Athens to sacrifice his own children. Yeah. <laughs> That's one. Collins also cites the Roman gladiator games. Mm. And then the final one is a contemporary source of inspiration was Collins' recent fascination with reality TV programs. I was actually going to bring that up, so glad you did instead. Yeah, said she was uh, tired one night channel surfing and uh, saw people competing for a prize and then saw footage of the Iraq war and she mm -hmm. described how the two combined in an unsettling way yeah. to create her first ideas for the series. Yeah, I remember hearing that and it scared me, especially when I was younger, that she saw all of it happen like in real life or she got all of her ideas from like historical events or history and i was like the fact that people have done this in the past and she just kind of combined a bunch of stuff together it's kind of weird like that's so creepy to me i know and i'm still like waiting for like my spark like that in life you know like I, I, whenever you do whenever you research these people they're like oh where'd you get that idea where'd you get that yeah. spark and they're like, oh, yeah, I was just watching TV one night. It hit me. When is this going to happen for me? You know, like <laughs> the light bulb just. Yeah, because I watch trash TV every single fucking night and I'm never getting some sweet spark. <laughs> All I have is a teen podcast and a normal nine to five job. Fuck. The spark will come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just waiting, I guess. Like, No, maybe... you started the podcast. So, yeah, that has to be that counts. Accounts. The spark on that was, if I'm going to compare myself to the billionaire Hunger Games author, the spark <laughs> on that was sitting around drunk at Pat's house, and then one of us just noticed a microphone mm -hmm. sitting up on his counter that he had recently bought, and that was the spark. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. You're going to be telling that story to your grandkids one day. <laughs> when I still have a teen podcast at when 80. You still have a teen Okay, plot of this movie. In a dystopian future. By the way, if you don't know this plot, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, seriously, why are you listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> if you've never seen the movie. In a dystopian future, the totalitarian nation of Panem is divided into 12 districts in the capital. Each year, two young representatives from each district are selected by lottery to participate in the Hunger Games part entertainment, part brutal retribution for a past rebellion. The televised games are broadcast throughout Pan Am. The 24 participants are forced to eliminate their competitors while the citizens of Pan Am are required to watch. Required to watch? Are, are they required I to watch? I don't think they have to. <laughs> are there other TV shows in Pan Am? I was no, wondering that. No. There's Most just people this? can't afford anything. At least in District 12. They can't. They really can't afford to watch anything. So they don't have, like, this is their entertainment. They don't have anything else. And I think it's like China, isn't it? Where, like, everything is just, all the entertainment is essentially created by the government and they just yeah. push out everything what you're going to watch. Everything is controlled by the yeah. government. Yeah. When 16 year old Katniss's younger sister, Prim, is selected as District 12's 
female representative Katniss volunteers to take her place. She and her male counterpart, PETA, are pitted against bigger, stronger representatives, some of whom have trained for this their whole lives. Yeah. Damn. Crazy stuff, honestly. You know, honestly, just sign me up for anything like dystopian, you know? entertainment wise oh to read or watch yeah like okay I, that's fine i thought you meant you wanted to join their society i'm like no. no this sounds pretty awful to live in no it's absolutely horrible to live in but anything that's like a dystopian look at like the world is intriguing to watch yeah all right you want to do some fun facts or do you want to should we talk rotten tomatoes first we can talk Rotten Tomatoes. We both saw it. We both saw it because yeah. Peacock just, that's like their main thing. It says the title of the, sh- the movie or show you're watching and then what they get on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I appreciate it because... I do like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm always wondering what the Rotten Tomatoes is. So I love that they put it front and center. But if you're doing a podcast on that movie where you guess Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> game... Mm, not the best move. So it's 84% with the critics, but we could guess what the people say. I didn't see that one. Oh, I don't know what that one is. Why don't you guess? What do you think the people had it at? at for Hunger Games? Hunger Games 1. Critics have it at 84. Mm-hmm. And people, I'm going to say 82. No, I think it's higher. You think? I think the people like would like a movie, like a blockbuster movie like this, much more than the critics. I'm going to say 90. Two. Okay, well, I was going to say 90 originally, but then I got scared with the critics. <laughs> I never look at reviews because I don't care what other people think. I just care about what I think. Wow. You what? said what? I said 82. Well, 81. 82. Whoa. That blows my mind. All right. We both I thought this second by... one was better. What do you think the people gave the second one? Oh, definitely in the 90s for sure. I'm going to say 95. With the people catching fire. What do you think before you look? I already looked. 89. So higher. It is higher. But what's crazy is neither are as high as the critics because the critics have the second one at 90. Wow. But we were talking about this earlier. We both felt like the third and fourth movies fell off a cliff and the critics had those at 68, 69. Yeah. I still, I like the last one just because it wraps all of it up, but you have to like the last one a little bit. A little bit of a happy ending. I mean, somewhat. <laughs> why don't we save it? Because we might do a, a part two B-side pod for Hunger Games 2 because we both watched that too because okay. we got so obsessed. Why don't we save our three, our part three thoughts for that? Okay. Let's keep this one all about number one. All right. Okay. Fun facts. Okay. Pan Am is located in a post-apocalyptic North America whose landmass has been reduced by rising sea levels. Do you know this? I did know that it was based off of North America because there were tons of like BuzzFeed quizzes going around way back when and now I guess still too, but way back when of like, what district are you? And if you live in this state, what district would you be in? And I think Ohio kind of sucks and we're in like district six or seven and there's no information on it. See, that's interesting because this projects that the capital is around Colorado, like Rocky Mountains. Okay, like right in the middle. Uh, yeah, and then they had District Twelve out around Kentucky, West Virginia, which is like where we're at. What? No, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure like right above it. 
I don't know. I remember being in a district that was like not known. By this math, we'd be in 11 or 12. Those are kind of like cool districts to be in because you're either in the one with Katniss I don't or 11 with true. Rue. You want to be in 11 with Rue and Thrash? I just... <laughs> Let me look it up. Look it up. So this map... <laughs> No, but I could have sworn Let it was like that, six that or map. seven. What does it have us? It has us at like maybe six or nine. It's We're at a weird cutoff because we're in Ohio, like in Cincinnati. What the fuck? That doesn't just go like... It, that no, has all not. the numbers all jumbled up. Yeah, it's not in see. order. But, it has a, and it but they're does, not in order. That's what I mean. And, but it does have the capital in Denver. Yes. Yeah. So maybe it is right. We are right on the fringe though of 12. Um, kind of. Is Kentucky and West Virginia in 12? No, West Virginia for sure. A little bit of, little piece of Kentucky and a so little what bit I of said Ohio. Is, what I said but is not, not that Cincinnati. far off. Okay. So where I was getting thrown off is that it, it isn't just like it's not 1 like, through yeah, 12. It's, not it's all over the place. It's all over the place. 7 is actually out in the West. <laughs> yeah. For some and reason. 6 is like right here. Um... This one was interesting. The director, Gary Ross, stated that he decided... I don't know if you noticed this in the first one versus the second one, but in the first one, there was a shaky cam the whole time. Shaky camera. Okay. And he said he did that because he wanted to create like a sense of urgency from uh, Katniss's point of view of Mm -hmm. like, shit's all fucked up. Yeah, and she doesn't understand it. Yeah. That makes sense. He he wanted to avoid like a like a polished look of just like a steady cam. Um anyways, I did notice that and on the second one it felt less raw on the second movie. I th- I still Everything, think the second one. Yeah, it felt more planned. Yeah. Which is how it's supposed to be in the movies too. Yeah. So it makes sense. And I do remember watching I don't know. I was so obsessed with it. I was watching all the YouTube videos, all the documentaries about Hunger Games and all of the actors doing their interviews and everything. And I, I feel like I remember hearing that or watching something. That they said that? Yeah. I like a shaky more, cam. It's more of like Katniss's point of view, the whole movie. Whereas right. like the other one, you get a little, you get more of a glimpse of everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I liked it a lot. If It, it just has this more like visceral, raw feeling like you're going to die as you're watching it. You don't know if you're going to live or die. Yeah. Last one, this screenplay was on the 2010 blacklist of most liked unmade scripts of the year. Oh. Which I'm shocked. I'm shocked with how popular the books were that it wasn't made into a movie like immediately. I mean, everything takes time. Yeah. And I'm glad that they didn't do it immediately because it probably wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to get in these characters now? Sure. Player breakdown. Let's do it. Player breakdown. Jennifer Lawrence, first and Mm -hmm. foremost. Uh, What do you want to say about Jennifer Lawrence? Besides her hair color. I don't know. I thought that she killed this role. Like, I feel like there wasn't too. a better Katniss than her. 
I agree. I had that. Some. I'll tell you some of the other people that were considered for it. Oh, uh, yeah. I have no idea who was. Emma Roberts. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Chloe Grace Moretz. No. Yes, love her. She's in Kick-Ass. She's the best. I love her. But I don't think she'd be good in this role. I think Jennifer Lawrence was perfectly cast. What about Shailene Woodley? Actually, we already know she would have sucked at it because we saw her in Hunger Games and it was Divergent <laughs> and it was Kroger, Kroger Brand. Brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, see, out of all of them, I think she would have done the best. And then uh, Brie Larson, who did... Uh, oh, yeah. She could... Captain whatever. Mm. Marvel. I still... I would go with Shailene Woodley over Brie Larson. And know. then Emily Browning. Do you know her? She was actually the lead in Sucker Punch. If you ever saw that, you probably didn't, though. No, I definitely did not. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I think all this is to show that Jennifer Lawrence, like I was saying, I do think this movie was perfectly cast mm-hmm. from one And now one I can appreciate it. But 12-year-old Leah, we're going to have 12-year-old Leah hat and 21-year-old Leah hat. Okay. Twelve-year-old Leah Hat did not appreciate it because of her brown hair. Yeah, <laughs> or Points because off. of her blonde hair, <laughs> made to dye it. Twenty-one-year-old Leah appreciates it. I think she was so good in it. Like, yeah, and she came out of nowhere. She well, she had done Winner's Bone. I don't know if you saw that. That movie's like really fucked up, but amazing. Okay. And she got nominated. That was 2010. She okay. got nominated for an Oscar for Winner's Bone. And and she she like I said she came out of nowhere yeah and everyone was like who the fuck is this chick like mm-hmm. she's getting nominated for an Oscar she's amazing no one's ever heard of her and then she did the first X Men movie in 2011 a year later okay and then this in 2012 okay. so she was still like fairly she was new. new yeah I remember this being like her big her oh, yeah. movie yeah this is this was huge and just to prove it she only got paid five hundred thousand dollars for this first role no way yeah and then what do you think she got for the second movie for catching fire yeah uh millions how many uh, 10 million i don't know that is exactly right no way yeah 20 <laughs> times i am the on it with off. the numbers tonight <laughs> your numbers gal yeah 10 million wow Five hundred thousand for Hunger Games? Yeah. No freaking way. And you can just see when you look at her IMDb, you can see her career. It's she did that first X Men, and she's just like a side character. I don't know if you saw any of the X Men. She's just like that one Mystique who's like painted blue. I don't okay. know. And and it's like a very side care. It's it's a side villain. It's mm-hmm. it's not a main role at all. But then. Between 2011 and 2014, when they did the second X-Men, she did two Hunger Games in there. She did Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, and she won an Oscar in there. Wow. So She killed it. Those were her years for sure. It was crazy to see in the second X-Men, when those three years passed in between one and two, they took her little side character, this Mm -hmm. little blue creature, (laughs) and they made her like... The main character in the entire of all the X Men, because they know people everyone. would come out to watch I know. it. I know when she was in it, which I still didn't. But it's just so crazy that they 
essentially just re-adapted the entire comic series yeah. of X-Men to where for it's like her. Wolverine and Cyclops and everything for to make it her movie as just some side villain mm-hmm. because of how big she was personally. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Anyways, um, here's another one. I have a lot of Jennifer Lawrence fun facts because she's obviously the biggest star in this movie. Right. This one will matter zero to you, but it will matter a whole lot to like two listeners of this podcast. <laughs> okay. She was initially cast as the lead in Savages. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. It, You're not appealing to the teens let me or ex- the 21-year-olds <laughs> right now. <laughs> let me explain Savages. No, you, you know who was cast instead? You'll know this. You'll know this name. Okay. A Blake Lively. Oh, I do love Blake Lively. Yeah. And you know who the Gossip Girl. The the lead male is in that movie? One of the two lead males? Who? Tim Riggins. I don't know. Friday Night Lights. Grow up. I never watched Friday Night Lights. So anyways, that movie with what's her Blake name? Lively. Blake Lively <laughs> is essentially she just has a threesome the entire movie with these two dudes. Okay. And it's called and Savages. She, and she almost was cast in that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. That's it. Like I said, that will only matter like two people. We already mentioned she won an Oscar. She's been nominated twice, and she won one by the age of 23. Wow. Crazy. I Youngest think I'm going to accomplish that in two years. And I think that's it. She was vo- voted uh, Sexiest Eyes by a Victoria's Secret in 2012. If that matters to you. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Anyways, that's what we got to spend so much time on her, though, because the other characters we're not going to spend much time on. We have to. Come on, at least on Josh. Let's go to Josh now. I love Josh. He's my fave. So you already Josh know Hedgerson, you have the pillowcase. <laughs> Hit me up. If you're listening. You're yeah. still my all-time love. <laughs> we'll, we'll add him on Instagram, see if we can get a like. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll just let you take it. All my thoughts... You know my thoughts about Hutcherson. I'm not the biggest Hutcherson fan, but I will say when I watched the movies today, I kind of like grew to appreciate him a little more. I actually, when I was watching it with, you know, 21 year old hat Leah, um, I thought he played that role very well because he is kind of supposed to be like, he's not supposed to have any strengths and fighting people. Which he doesn't. And he, he can, he's strong. He can carry a lot of stuff, and he threw that that, thing. that boulder. Yeah, he did throw the boulder. <laughs> he had the strength, but he didn't have like the will that you know some of the other other districts like really train their people to do. He had the will; he just didn't have any talent. No, Annie was kind of like a shy little boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think he played the part very well. I like I said, I grew to appreciate him. I think like it's it's. Mainly that Jennifer Lawrence is just taller than him. That bothers me. It's the same thing with the uh, the Harry Potter series when yeah, Hermione's I mean, taller than Harry. Yeah, like, Harry is very short. I, that's the only thing where it's like, like I get it. He's weak. I, I'm on board. And, you know, it's all about like the engine that, that could kind of thing, the little engine that could. But yeah. it just, it always bumps me. But I think at that time... He was like the only one that really could fulfill a role like that. Well, and I know. I know he's supposed to be like the underdog, the little guy. Just a couple. He was in Bridge to Terabithia. He was in 
that other movie that I can't remember, Little Manhattan, I think. I don't know these movies, but... Um, but I do because we had... See, this is where it comes in, 12-year-old Leah. Was he a Nickelodeon guy or whatever, no. like a Disney guy? No. That you knew of? No. <laughs> so you just knew him from Hunger Games? No, we... Ha- so here's the thing. Okay. Timeline, fifth grade, summer before fifth grade, we had to read Bridge to Terabithia. And so we watched the movie in school after it. And Josh is like the main kid in that. And he's a kid. Flash forward to a year later when Hunger Games comes out. And now Josh is a lot older. And so we're all like fangirling over Josh because he's oh so much older and so much cuter now. Yeah. So I think it was just like that timeline of like the year before we had just seen him in that movie. And then he like grew up into this character. Well, and I do get that the movie's trying to show that there is a huge difference between Peta and Gale. Like yeah. Gale is the big strapping fucking Hemsworth brother. Like right. he's hot as shit. What you know, super tall dude. Right. And he's like a manly man. He knows his way around the woods. He can like hunt. Mm-hmm. And he works. He would have like been the, the ideal like guy for the Hunger Games because he's yeah he's done that before. Exactly. He would have gone in there and crushed it. So now. I know where 12-year-old you was at. Mm-hmm. Now, at the age of 21, after seeing this, you know, fresh, are you team yeah. PETA or team Gail? Well, 21-year-old Leah is team, I don't know, because That I- is not how a podcast works. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say from watching the movie and the, just the characters, not actors involved, like if I was reading- Just books, the characters. I would have been team Gale because he's the best friend from younger ages. Yeah, they grew up and together. they grew up together and they were meant to be. They're very much alike. And PETA just comes out of nowhere. But 21-year-old Leah is still a Josh Hutcherson fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, is that I didn't realize that until watching it back, Gail gets like no screen time in the first movie whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when I was now watching this back, I actually wasn't hating Hutcherson as much because I wasn't, I read, when I first saw this, I had just read the books mm-hmm. and I think the books, by the way, uh, just to mention it, cause we're talking about him. Gail is Liam Hemsworth, uh, <laughs> the brother of fucking Thor. So he's like a massive hot guy. I had just read the books. So like, I think Gail in the books, even especially the first book, he's a lot more prominent. And like when they're constantly showing Katniss in the books, you always get her thoughts of like, she's thinking about Gail back home Mm -hmm. and any like any friendship that she has with Peter or whatever in the games, it's always like contradicted in her head in the books with like, no, I I I can't remember that. So, so so anyways, I think that's why when I watched this first movie back, I was like, where the fuck is Gail? He like shows up at the beginning and that's essentially it. But then in, in the movies two through four, Gail's like a lot more prominent. Yeah. So then I like started to get more with Gail. Not, I didn't think he was in the second one as much though too. Remember like in the second one, they have the first like whole 20 minutes of the movie together and they like yeah. kiss a couple times. Yeah, I know that starts the whole controversy with like the love triangle between her, Peta, and Gail. But I think that was like the whole reason for it. Like I don't see him as that prominent character. I still see him as that same character in in the second in, movie. In, yeah. 
I think he really gets his role in the third movie and fourth movie, but because that's when they're actually out of the games and they're right. now just like full on fighting the capital and Gale. And they're actually to like in the same area. The rest of the time, they're right. only together yeah. like two times. Yeah. So I, I, I was cool with Hutcherson. Like I said, when I watched it back, and I do, I do think when I took the emotion of being fresh off reading the books, you know, my young adult days. <laughs> When I took that emotion out of it and I was watching it back right now at 33, I do I feel like he was the he was the right guy cast. Right. Hutcherson. Yeah. And that's what I yeah. Cuz he's supposed to be kind of like a little bitch. He is. I mean I mean that that's little it. Bitch boy. He's supposed to be a little <laughs> bitch boy. That's his whole his whole thing. So yeah. other small characters and then we'll get into the movie. They I'm not going to spend any time just got to name them. Donald Sutherland. Don't know. Who's that? President Snow. Oh. This guy's a dick massive dick woody harrelson he killed it he did he killed it uh again talk about a guy who was perfectly cast it, he was very very good you know who i heard was considered for the only other guy considered for that role was uh john c Riley, who's the guy in oh, Step Brothers with yeah Will Ferrell. no ew no he was no, not it's a like a dr- of- just a drunk guy who's like a kind of a joke yeah. No, I think Woody Harrelson was better. No, I like I like Woody Harrelson. I think they cast this pretty perfectly. Elizabeth Banks as love, Effie. Love yeah. Elizabeth Banks. She is a queen. I have that written down so many times that I love Effie and I love her style. And I just thought she was so cool. I actually liked her more in the second movie than the first. I, re- I remember not liking her when I watched it way she, back when. She became more humanizing in the second movie. In the yeah. second movie, she was like more on like a team with them mm-hmm. versus in the first movie i felt like she was more just like working with the capital kind of thing well and i think you have to think about it i'm sure she's had this role for many years like as the capital person to come and pick the people and no one has won there's been zero champions from district 12 okay i didn't understand is effie the only the stylist of district 12 people or all she's not even the stylist she's just the you know, spokesperson. She's a PR kind of. person. She's basically a publicist. Yeah. So, but she's only the publicist for District Twelve. District. They 12. each have their own for the other districts. Okay. So yeah, she's had to get in her her backstory. She's had a long run of just I get to know these people for two weeks <laughs> and, and then, then they die. Die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stanley Tucci. He's the guy with the blue hair who's like the See, um, commentator. Yeah. Caesar, he was right. Yes, yeah, Caesar. I love him. He was also amazing in that role. Yeah, it's so crazy because he plays. Oh fuck! What's that movie where he's like a pedophile killer? Never seen it. It's with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Lovely bones. Oh yeah, he is a pedophile. Never seen it. <laughs> okay, now get into the characters you want. Okay. Now, you were just telling me, we just took a little quick break. You Mm -hmm. probably didn't even notice because the edit was so seamless. (laughs) Uh, You were telling me you're tired of talking about adults and you want to talk about... The teens. The teens. So, go ahead. The other tributes. Who do you want to discuss? I don't know their real names. (laughs) A District 1, Cato. Cato, love him. Hot guy. Hot guy. But he's not the one I was going to talk about. Who do you want to talk about? I think there's another girl from District 1. Glimmer. I don't know if she's from District 1. No, no, no. She's not. It's Clove. Oh, Clove, yeah. She was in yeah. that scary movie. Remember that movie Orphan? Oh. Fuck. She was the she was the scary girl in that one. 
So I and yeah. she was only like 14 in this role. She was only like two years older than me when she played this role. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because okay. I couldn't imagine like acting in this movie. Yeah, Orphan, I'll never see that. I I recall really? like the trailers for it and just I make a mental note whenever I see a trailer like that, like fuck no. Do you not like scary movies? No. Oh. Do I not my... look like a massive pussy to you? <laughs> N- no. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm not seeing that shit. I love scary movies. So that's what I saw that and I thought that was interesting. And then the girl who plays Glimmer, the blonde girl. Oh, wait, she... I got I know. Okay, sorry, go on. She's I got in a couple number. things, right? Or you I don't know who Glimmer else. is. Okay, she's the blonde girl, and she was in Grey's Anatomy. She was a oh, she was a, not a main character, but she was in it. And the I the guy I was thinking of was uh, Dennis Quaid's son, Jack Quaid, who is the main guy in The Boys, the kid. He is Cato's like other dude. Yeah, I hated him. He had like bad acne. He was horrible in and every he, way. <laughs> he's a dick. He's I the did not fuck, like him. We'll get to it. He's the guy who kills real. Yeah. Don't even get. I don't even want to yeah. get into it right no, now because I don't right want to start not crying. Right now. I don't want to start crying yet. But yeah, Rue Rue's time. another one who is. I'll just tell you right now, she's in consideration for MVP of this movie. Oh, I forgot about MVP. It's all right. I you can pick it later, but okay. just know. She, and then Thrash, she's the other district. Mm-hmm. He's the other District Eleven, 11. guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you satisfied now? Yeah, I'm ready. Fuck. Oh, we gotta just say Lenny Kravitz is in this. Yeah, Cinna. I love Cinna. Yeah, Cinna. Actually, I usually hate Lenny Kravitz just like in life, but in this movie, I was kind of like all for it, what he brought to the table. Anyways, all right, characters over. Before we get into the the full movie breakdown, you have a full robust list of thoughts. Yes, because this is like the one movie where I saw it as my teen self, you know? And these are all random thoughts. You've done... Kind of, yeah. I'd put my dad in terms of podcast prep, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. the gold standard yeah. for Remember the Titans. Now, I put you just a notch below. With that right. prep work, and yeah, I love no, seeing it. I have it. lots of prep work. I love seeing it. So let's just let's just start going through them. Okay. So Leah's random thoughts. Leah's random thoughts. First of all, I do want to say I was twelve when this came out. I was in like fifth, sixth grade when people were obsessing with the books, and they told us that we weren't allowed to read them in school because the content was too violent. I don't like that censorship. Isn't that horrible? And I I asked some friends who went to other schools. I went to a private school. They went to a different private school. They also weren't allowed to read it until sixth grade. It was on like their banned books list. And so you had to only like you were only allowed to read it at home. You couldn't bring it for silent reading time. This this is a dystopian universe. This is a dystopian (laughs) universe right there. That was reality. (laughs) That's just like straight up book burning, I feel like. Right. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the first one. And then also, of course, I was Katniss for Halloween. Damn. So. Do you have those photos readily available? I could possibly get them. Because I feel like for an Instagram post, we need that photo coupled with the 21-year-old photo of you <laughs> holding the pillowcase of Okay. Kita. I possibly could get that for you. Not yeah. sure yet. Um, no, that's a yes. Go on next. Um, oh, this one is super funny. So uh, there was a Hunger Games hotline that you could call on your cell phone. I didn't have an iPhone, so I had that little slide phone. And you could call it 
and play the Hunger Games on your phone call, and they would tell you at the end if you would live or die, <laughs> and oh, someone killed okay. you. Okay, so if you said like I would, I would eat the berries to stay alive, they would yeah. immediately say, "Yeah, you've died. You didn't survive." <laughs> That's not it. Yeah. So it was, but we would do it all the time. Like we would play that game. We would all just sit on our phones and call and be like, "I won this time," or "I died." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that number still available for us I to call? I don't know. I could look it up. Yeah, let's do that too. Let's to do that, that too. Okay. Um, and then I, <laughs> this one is really putting me back. Okay, it's taking you back. I used to have a Hunger Games Instagram fan account. Oh no! <laughs> and I couldn't find it. Oh, I know. Fuck. God, because I, I used to have a Peter Malark fan account, and I, <laughs> I literally would talk to people. We would have group chats on. Uh, there was a app I don't even remember the name, and you could all text each other and have group chats. And it was just Hunger Games fans that we would talk in this group chat. And I, like that's so weird. Why did I do that? I mean, <laughs> it's it's this whole world of that I just missed out on. But it's like taking all the obsessive fan stuff and like adding an element of like technology into yeah. it. That now, imagine whatever the the shit is now that's coming out for the teens. What they're doing with that? If I know, like, like you, TikTok and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, no, that was my time when we were making all these fan edits and just wishing that one of the actors would see it, which none of them ever did. Like, why would they look at fan accounts of a movie they're in? So that that's like the starting point, and then the end point is like I was telling you about that that guest we had on last week who has an OC fan account who has 30,000 followers. So like you're down That's here, true. she's here. But I also haven't used this account in probably eight years. Yeah. No, that's so, amazing. But isn't that like and yeah. I, I had that account myself. I like, know. I didn't have a like partner because most of the time people have like another person with them. Right. It was just me. Yeah. Making no, these kudos. edits that were horrible. It was just pictures. So you just like screenshot it from Google and then it'd just be like. I, I would edit them. It's just like a picture of PETA's would, bullshit flat stomach. I would edit, and you'd edit myself ads into the pictures. <laughs> so, so just to clarify. So weird. So just to clarify. I need to find some of them. They're on our family like iPad. I have some of those pictures. So what I'm envisioning is. <laughs> When you have this Instagram fan account, you take a picture of PETA with his shirt off Mm -hmm. and his little boy body. No. Yes. And then you take a picture of Gail. They were like promo pictures. Right. And they never made them. They were always like had to be on the ground because PETA is so short. Right. (laughs) So you take a picture of PETA Mm -hmm. and shirtless. And then you take a picture of Gail with his washboard abs. And then did you edit? Gail's abs onto Peta's stomach? No, never. <laughs> I was 12. I didn't have shirtless pictures of them on my phone. Just I didn't have a phone pics. by then. So There's this whole just insane fandom world for Hunger Games, I'm realizing. With that age like range. It has to be the same with like Harry Potter. It's just the technology wasn't there. When well, you, when, and you were in that sweet spot of <laughs> yeah. you were 14 or 13 or whatever. Like you were who they were trying to make Absolutely. obsessed with it. Yeah. I watched everything. Yeah. And we tried to remake videos like we were. That was what we did for fun was like I'd have friends over and we would try to like make a Hunger Games parody. Cool. That sounds like a sweet Friday night. I still do that to this day. Oh, really? Yeah. I have my bros over and we just 
You know, I always get to play Katniss, obviously. Oh, of I'm course. always Katniss. Okay, yeah. movie time. Are you ready to get into the movie? For real? Ready? Reals? Time to get into the movie. Song finally. transition. Right off the bat, Katniss's younger sister, Prim, gets plucked in the lottery to join the 74th annual, annual Hunger, Games. Hunger Games. Yeah, and she this is her first year of it, and she's terrified of getting picked. And of course, it's her. Katniss jumps in, clip. Prim! She volunteers as tribute. I volunteer as tribute. Now that that was just a hero move. That was. That was. A but cool how move. could you let like she? How old is she in this? Seventeen. No, sixteen. Sixteen. She's sixteen, and her younger sisters maybe nine, eight. She's twelve. You okay. have to be twelve. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that off the bat first. Your the Hunger Games is twelve to eighteen year olds. So yeah. Prim so was my up. age when I saw this movie. Yeah, we should just say, like, this premise is so <laughs> horrible. fucked up. What the heck? Yeah. Why are they pinning 12-year-old little girls against full-grown 18-year-old guys who volunteer to kill people? It's insane. doesn't make any sense to me. And I remember my mom, t- just like her stance was always like, I can't read this. It's It was just like too brutal for her as a mom to read like this, this right. dystopian universe. It's so weird. It's so horrible. And again, like the 12 year old mindset of me reading this for the first time thought this was normal like literally i had such an altered perception of death at like 11 and 12 yeah it's pretty tough hunger games was like we're just gonna go off and kill 23 people every single year for fun yeah and like again it's all because they had this like revolt this rebellion in the past 74 years ago that this is their punishment every year is that they throw their fucking kids in there and they <laughs> yeah, kill. Yeah, they can't even make them young adults. Like, they can't make it, like, 18 to 24 Right, it's, when they're it's all kids. around this, like, prime of whatever. It's kids. It's kids. And I will say, like, I when I was watching this, I'm like, they portrayed being in the audience and getting your name drawn like PETA did and... and uh, Prim and Katniss, mainly Katniss when her younger sister got picked, like so perfectly where like the camera's on there and you just see like when their name gets called, the life Mm -hmm. is just so sucked out of them. Mm -hmm. Because they know. Yeah, they're going to die. The likelihood of getting out of this is minimal. There's not a lot. Yeah. So there's this whole thing of like what I didn't realize until being brought into this world is that once you're selected now, fine, you get selected it's PETA, 
and Katniss volunteer? Do you get selected? And do you get like a mentor mm-hmm. of a past winner? Mm-hmm. That's where Hamish comes in. Right. Woody Harrelson. And what I didn't realize is there's this whole world of people watching it on TV and you have to get everyone to like you. It's yeah. not just about surviving. No, it's about like getting sponsors yeah, and yeah. a whole other world of like popularity. It's basically a popularity contest of who they like the most. Right. It's honestly not. I don't think you survive just by being like the biggest badass. No. You survive by being the biggest badass with a ton of X Factor <laughs> who because America people, loves. Because people can send you stuff into the games. Yeah. Like they we'll can send you that, medicine and all this kind of shit. And water and ways to get things and... And they can also alter the game. Like the game maker can be like, oh, I don't really like this person. So we're going to like try and kill them with the dog that we put into the arena. Yeah. I just want to say you don't watch Survivor or Big Brother, right? I've watched Big Brother for one season. Okay. I was actually comparing it a lot to Survivor because okay. it's very similar. It's all it's I've Big Brother seen, and Survivor. Like, so bits similar. and pieces of Survivor, but I've never watched a full season. So, but it's it. I was realizing the Hunger Games are essentially the same thing, except in- I was wondering if that's the channel she flipped through <laughs> when she was. Oh, yeah, like yeah, she definitely yeah. saw some Survivor on there. Maybe it was Survivor, and then she was just like, "Oh, maybe though, instead of getting like voted off the island, you get murdered." <laughs> Like that was it, but no, it's so interesting because I'm upset. I've seen every season of Big Brother, every season of Survivor. I'm obsessed with them, and I love those shows for like all the strategy, like who, what alliance are you in, Mm -hmm. uh, the strategy of like who you backstab and whatever. And this is what the Hunger Games is. It is. is Yeah, you got to get into the right alliance. It's all about backstabbing people at the right time. Yeah, like that's what you have to do. So. I was thinking a lot of Big Brother this time because I've only I only watched Big Brother last year. So it's very fresh. So it's really funny because I was watching it and I was like, wow, this is a lot like Big Brother trying to get people on your team to betray them at the right time. Well, that's the thing is there's only one winner. Mm-hmm. So like it's weird thinking back on it like this, like you have to get an alliance with everyone with everyone having the knowledge that at the end of the day, you all will backstab and most of you will die, kill each other. But it, there's no way to get through this alone. Right. There's no way to do it. You can't go through you, it. You just killing people because you wouldn't, you wouldn't make it. Right. So anyways, uh, we digress a little bit, but I thought it was interesting. So the whole way that they like make Katniss lovable is, She's got like a little edge to her, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so they kind of like play into that and they make her this this girl on fire. She's not going to just do whatever you tell her to do. She's got like a little fire. She has a lot. I feel like she they don't play into her backstory as much in the movie and they get into it a lot in the third movie and book. But she has this whole backstory of her dad dying and her mom not being there. And so she is basically Prim's mom for a couple years. And that is why she has such an attachment to her. And that's why she even volunteers for the games. So there's like this whole, like she can block off some of her emotions and like let them go at the right time. Yeah. She's got this very hard Mm -hmm. exterior that she built up from her hard past her mom sucks to be honest like i'm not a fan you of the suck. mom she sucked more on her later but i think 
what people connect with the most on Survivor, on Big Brother, and probably with the Hunger Games is the people who are the most real. And so no matter what it is, whether you're super raw, you have a rough exterior, whatever it is, people just don't really like fake, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why people in the capital and of Pan Am connected to her in all the districts is because she was just like unapologetically like fucking real. Right. She never pretended to be no. the girl. She she was always like her bitchy self. She was self. being told the whole time to be someone else, but her true colors always They always came out. Through yeah, they always came through in the end. Like they would say, "Hey, hey, don't say this." And then she goes and says it and then gets yeah. all this applause. Yeah. More so you see it in the second movie like President Snow will be like, "Hey, wear this wedding dress." And then she'll have something that'll spark her rage and then she'll get like super pissed and then shakes it all off or whatever. But anyways, so should we, okay, right before the games, let's just talk about right before the games, Okay. right before we actually get into it. Can can we go back and talk about something that you mentioned? Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, so when we were talking about how her true colors always come through. Yeah. And that moment of when they're going to be judged by all of the people in the government and she this is like she's being judged on how well she will fight right and she misses the bullseye when she does her bow and arrow thing that's her by the way that's her weapon of choice bow and arrow she's unreal with it Classic. classic and she's she's amazing at it and she never misses and i don't know why she missed it maybe it was she was a little nervous it could have been. I need to. Uh, we should look that up because it might I have been strategic. I think it might have been a little strategic because she was always told by Hamish, "Don't show any of your skills when you're with the other contestants, basically, so they don't know what's coming." So she missed on purpose. I actually feel like she did miss on purpose because then everyone laughed at her. And then, okay, so is this what you're saying about her true colors come out? Yes, because she yeah. goes again. Hits it straight in the heart, center of the person. Bullseye. Bullseye. And no one watches because they're all drinking and having a good time. And she's the last one to go. She's District 12. She's the girl. She's the last one. And then she totally just flips a switch. Fuck you. And shoots her arrow at them yep. into the pig's apple. There's a roast pig that's sitting there with an apple in his mouth. She's fucking shoots that arrow right through that pig and they're all shocked and she goes back to effie and haymitch and they're pissed they're like of course you did this and no one's gonna sponsor you and blah 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 and then she ends up getting the best score because she's a badass and she's real perfect example no that's a perfect example because that's exactly it her to your point her whole thing was like don't show that you got these sweet skills and then as soon as people started fucking laughing at her it's like no you know what fuck the plan i don't care yeah fuck the plan fuck these people that's when i think people are connected with her the most though is when she's just like fuck these people Mm -hmm. yeah last interesting point before we get to the actual games was a little clip from President Snow here about hope versus fear. Seneca, why do you think we have a winner? What do you mean? I mean, why do we have a winner? I mean, if we just wanted to intimidate the districts, why not 
round up 24 of them at random and execute them all at once. Be a lot faster. Hope. 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 It is the only thing stronger than fear. A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. Spark is fine as long as it's contained. I think that's it's a balancing act that you see throughout this whole series of like because the whole question is like, why don't they just kill her the whole time? Like the whole time she's rebelling and everyone's rebelling, they're like, why don't you just kill her and everyone if you're the capital and you're almighty? Right. If that's what you want, you want the control. Yeah, you want the and censorship I, and. I think it's because they're like trying to balance this whole thing of like we can't kill her because we need them to have she's the hope to she's these the, people. She's the savior. But then as as we'll see as the movie goes on along and along, she gives too much hope and then she becomes like the symbol of the rebellion and everything mm-hmm. and they it gets out of control. But it's just this this little balancing act of like, you gotta give a little, but not too much, or else she'll take down the whole fucking city. Right. All right. You want to go to the games? Yes. <laughs> Love that enthusiasm. Sorry. I'm looking at my notes. They get to the games. They get to the games. Right off the bat, 12 of the 24 die immediately. Half, half gone. 50%. Gone. We're almost there. I like Hamish's strategy to her, which is like, don't go for the cornucopia right off the bat. I think Hamish knows that Katniss can win. I guarantee you Hamish didn't tell Peter that because I don't think he thought oh, Peter yeah. could win. Didn't that I, is not a diss at Josh. That is a diss at Peter. Yeah, Peter, you little bitch. But I, I do feel like uh, there was conversations between Peter and Hamish behind closed doors where they were just like, yeah, we both know you don't have a chance. So just try and help Katniss along. <laughs> Go form an alliance and let them kill you <laughs> eventually. I don't know. You know. Katniss is the perfect underdog to get behind, though, because, yes, she's from District 12. But what we were talking about at the beginning, she's got all the X Factor and heart that, mm-hmm. like, people really get behind. And she has sweet bow skills. Yeah. So she can handle herself in, like, a physical combat situation. Right. She has the willpower, too. She's doing it for someone else. It wasn't for her. And I think that's the biggest thing from it, too. She was doing yeah. it for her sister and for her family. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like true life and or death. That's like why District 1 with Cato and Clove and whoever, their whole process is they train to fight for the Hunger Games and they volunteer when they're 18. Yeah. Explain that setup because that was wild to me. They're called careers. Yes. And, and they're mostly from District 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because they're like the most built up, I guess. And I guess if we're talking like high class, middle class, low class, it's like the capital is high class and no one ever gets picked from the capital. And then right. like one and two, I don't know if three's in it. They're all kind of like the middle class and they get the most help. And then the rest of the districts are just left to the wayside. Right. And they, they essentially, these, these kids in like district one and two, they send them to like these training academies right yeah to like train their whole lives till they get to the age of 12 or not no, even 12 no, they go to 18 they go to 18 and then every year they have someone volunteer volunteer yeah so it's not like you're so worried about being picked because you know someone is going to volunteer in your place 
Yeah. Which doesn't, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Because how do they pick one person every year? Well, you saw volunteer? it. You saw it at the end. Those those kids' lives are so fucked. Like that guy at right. the end. Oh my gosh. He like broke down. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah. And because the District 1 guy. Oof, he just fucked up. Yeah, but but it, uh, that made sense to me. Like, yeah, you, of course, I don't know how none of them broke before that, to be I honest, know. like mentally broke. But the only the other thing I was thinking about on that day one is that also is what reminded me of Survivor because Hamish says something which I didn't realize where I just thought everyone in these games is you die by getting killed. What I didn't realize is a good chunk of the people die from starvation, dehydration, disease. Mm-hmm. Or just like general shit that they throw into the games to like fuck like with people. Like infection, like you get yeah. hit once, but it doesn't kill you, but you get an infection from it and it kills you. So I liked that the whole thing for Haymitch with Katniss at the beginning is like, hey, you got to go find high ground. You just run away from Basic everyone survival first off. skills. And you need water and shelter. That's Survivor Day One. That's mm-hmm. what they do on Day One every season is fucking water and shelter. I mean, you That's learn it. about in like grade school, you need food and water and shelter to survive. Right. There so, you go. <laughs> it's not about trying to kill people first. You have no. to. You have to live first to be able to kill people. <laughs> Can I make another? note that i just i looked at here that was interesting <laughs> to me just separate sure. of the plot uh i want to play a clip here of how the commentators talk about the hunger games okay who is this caesar is this Flickerman one they're coming or whatever. in i think it's him and then that other weird looking yeah dude and, i don't know who that is but here's how they uh her, here's how they commentate on it claudius i think those are tracker jackers am i wrong oh those things are very lethal. Mm, very. For those of you who don't know, tracker jackers are genetically engineered wasps whose venom causes searing pain, powerful hallucinations, and in extreme cases, death. They are sitting there like whispering the whole time. And if you ever watch like a golf on TV, if you've ever seen golf, it's I always- don't watch golf because it's so boring to watch. But if you ever listen to the commentators, they're always like whispering, like, yeah, like what's the Tiger Woods pulls up to the tee box on six and he's getting the driver out. Obviously, it's par four and he lets it fucking rip. Yeah, they never talk like, oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. What's going to happen next? They're always like, we have to watch our next move. Everyone shut up. But Tiger Woods is and they're so far away. You don't need to whisper like just the people who are close by do. It's like ASMR. But that's exactly what these Hunger Games commentators were doing as they, they sit were. in their booth in the Capitol. You miles know, away. Miles, miles away. away. Katniss is not like, going to hear them. Katniss just goes over to PETA with the berries and PETA's hiding under the rock like a fucking bitch. We're, we're going too fast. That? Yeah, I know. Sorry. But no, that was just my interesting note. Let's talk Rue because okay. goddamn. I love Rue. Rue is one of the people that saves she her because pulls the heartstrings for sure. Rue is, by the way, I think might be the cutest kid in TV history of all time. Honestly, probably true. I don't know a cuter kid I've ever seen it's on just, TV. Yeah. You never want any kid to go through something like the Hunger Games. Especially not Rue. <laughs> I mean, Rue. Especially not Rue. She was just so cute. Rue is what? Like. Eight, uh, sorry, 12. 12. She's 12. She has to sorry. be 12. She's 12. She's got this awesome 
curly hair. Mm-hmm. She she doesn't talk much. She's like but she's so smart, super smart, super innocent. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really kill anyone. I think her plan is just survive as quietly and she just knows a lot about nature yeah and so she can she can survive off of it for a long time so katniss gets like tracker jackered yeah from all those tracker jackers tracker jackers yeah so she's she's out of it Mm because of the tracker jacker and rue puts these little leaves on her to make the you know the venom who who knows who knows i think she was honestly like trying to cover her it's she wouldn't be seen rue knew it she knew the survival she knew what she was she knew what she was doing and she becomes like best friends with Rue, mm-hmm. this little girl. Because it reminds her of her sister. Oh, right. Yeah, Prim. Yeah, her younger it sister. It just reminds her of Prim, and so she has a soft spot for her. Yeah, right. Totally. No, it's spot and on. Rue was so scared of Katniss at first because she thought that she was going to kill her, like immediately, because Rue's 12. So they become, they become best a, friends. They become an alliance. They get an alliance, and... I don't even want to get into the whole plan. They they start concocting a plan to do something with fire. I don't know. It goes wrong. And Rue gets like netted. She gets like caught yeah. in a net. Mm-hmm. And then as she's screaming for help for Katniss, Katniss comes over, cuts her out of the net. And that fucking D-bag Jack Quaid with the acne, Kato's yeah. boy, he goes to throw a spear. Katniss like ducks out of the way, hits Rue in the chest but you don't see that yet. You just see Katniss, see like, Katniss grab the bow, him. kill him. And then she turns around. You just see Rue with a spear in her chest. Mm-hmm. Devastating. Devastating. I mean... I mean, this 12-year-old little girl did not ask to be killed. And she just no, didn't, she didn't have, ask that. And she just... <laughs> no, but she just didn't have an older sister like Prim did to have, her, like, or an older brother to volunteer. I guess a brother wouldn't work in that case, but... Like, she just didn't have that extra support. Should we start playing the clip just in the background, the music that's playing to really feel it? No. Yeah. This is what's playing. <laughs> like, Katniss is just like, they're just playing this music and... Well, and she, Katniss is singing. She's singing to her. the under the She's like helping Rue just peacefully die. Mm-hmm. Brutal, by the way. But she knows that it's inevitable. Yeah, so she's and, just and singing And the likelihood her. of Rue actually getting out of that was so slim anyway, but it it's never easy to see. No, and then she closes her eyes for her, and then super cool moment, just fast forward, because... She gives her like a prop. She cry. She's yelling. She's screaming. She crying. She goes through all the stages of grief, and it ends where she just like gives Rue this little funeral, and she covers her in flowers. And I think this is the moment when like the revolution starts. Right. This is where they knew Katniss was their person for the revolution. 
they, this I is where they knew. I think they've been planning it for a while. I think that this has been a plan. It's where they knew that Katniss was the, like... Mocking Jay. Mocking Jay. The Mocking Jay. The symbol for their whole rebellion. Yeah, totally. She gets up, and they know it because as soon as she walks away from the little funeral with the flowers, she holds up the three fingers, which is like yeah, the, the symbol. Yeah, three fingers. By the Can way, I say something about that? Yeah, go ahead, because that is amazing, <laughs> that symbol. Um, again, this is in grade school. Hate to keep bringing this up. But you know how when you'd have to be quiet, you'd hold up the peace sign and the, like, quiet? When Hunger Games came out, we did the, <laughs> We would guess our three fingers and hold it <laughs> up <laughs> when we would have to be quiet in school. Uh, that, I want to say that Mockingjay, like, that just four-note, whatever it is that is like iconic anytime i hear that and i think there are birds that always do that fucking noise outside my house but Mm -hmm. i always just think of the hunger games because it's just yeah that with the kiss and then the three fingers up Mm -hmm. is just it's fucking on revolution time baby yeah yeah it's and right after that that's the first time you see the other districts and they go to 11 where she's from and it's just like everyone starts full on just rebellion right because style. they know how ridiculous this whole process so fucked is rue rue was like the martyr that had to die you know the cutest kid of all time she has to be the one who falls and then katniss steps in as the mockingjay she's the symbol are we saying rue started the revolution rue is the martyr that started it and then katniss just like fucking flew her mockingjay yeah. wings through it and let I, it i totally see that yeah interesting i i just i love that i love that i love it all i i hated that rue died but that moment even when i watched it back now at 33 i was like god fuck rue. it never yeah it never gets damn easier. it the capital's trying anything now they're they're scrambling now the capital's like scrambling. capital's like what did we do yeah because now it's like people are, are are rebelling and they can see that there's this girl Katniss who's like everyone's galvanizing behind so now they just make up this rule that's like I don't even know why they did this but they said hey two people can win if you're from the same district I don't know why they did that was it something about like all right if we can get them the love story thing honestly when I watched it back I didn't remember that happening like I remember them saying two people could win. Oh no, that's a big plot point. No, it is, and I, I still to this day, like I don't know why they did it. There's never, like, it was never like a clear like, oh, they did it because of this. I don't know. I thought it was something about like President Snow is like people get behind Young Love, and if we can just get it, it to where the two District Twelve people win, then they'll just give her what she wants. She just wants to be with her dude, whatever. Let her be with the guy, yeah. and then. The 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 districts will be satisfied. Like, okay, we can stop rebelling because this Katniss girl got with her guy. Well, and I think it's part of the thing where the tributes become smarter than the people, like the, than the game maker. It is a for sure a chess match going on between Katniss and then President Snow and Seneca, the gameskeeper. Like that's that it's it's just a constant. Like you make a move. Then I make a move. You make a move. Then I make a move. It's because the tributes got smarter. 
74 years, you have to get smart about how you well, play yeah. these games. Yeah. And that's why, I don't know why it took 74 years to make it this far, where people are now realizing this is wrong. And they didn't let the other districts talk to each other. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't all band together because no one from District 12 could talk to 11 or 10 mm-hmm. or, you know, you, you had you no barely communication. Even knew. You just knew that they existed. Right. So this is where her and PETA, Rue's now dead. And they've now announced that two winners. So she goes and like finds PETA because now it's like, oh shit, I can win with this guy. Mm -hmm. She finds him. She can trust him because they could win together. This fucking moment, honestly, this one was the, I already said, I was like. The tearjerker. No, no, no. I'm going the other way. Oh no. I'm talking about when she finds PETA. And this little bitch. He's just covered himself in fucking mud and like hiding in the ground. I don't know how he did that. I don't either. It's like (laughs) insane. I was looking at that logistically and I was like, there's no way he could have painted that. He doesn't have the tools or the steady hand. (laughs) He doesn't have a mirror to even look at himself to be like, oh yeah, that looks good enough. (laughs) I'm just like, I was... Okay, I I did this Come whole on, thing when about when she finds him, you can't you can't tell me that you weren't just like, "Oh, finally." Like that would needed to happen. No, I wasn't thinking that because <sighs> when she found him, he wasn't even we doing anything. We could not be more co- opposite. We're not because I I I was like I talked myself into being cool with PETA. Okay. And then like I saw where she found him and he was being such a little bitch hiding and like just under that paint. He was injured. Of course. Of he course was he was injured. Die. He was infected. His leg was ready to fall off. Then fight to the death, bitch. Like if that was Gail. That wasn't his Gail, future. Gail would have been fighting his ass off until Guess his what? last breath. Katniss <laughs> didn't want Gail. <laughs> she wanted Peta in that moment. So she finds Peta hiding under a fucking rock like a pussy bitch. They meet up. She I'm does it out of... i to disagree with you. She does Like it, I always do. She does it out of pity. She gets with this little bitch. And honestly, I think the weakest part of this whole movie... And you know, we said the Rotten Tomatoes was 84. I think the reason why this wasn't a 100 movie was because I want to say the cave stuff in like the, the three-quarter part of this mm-hmm. movie the 20 yeah. minutes they spend in a it was, cave i totally checked out at that point totally checked out i mean it's essentially just her nursing bitch pita back <laughs> yeah for 20 minutes in a cave but that's where she realizes that she actually loves him no it's when she realized that she's really good friends with him no she again loves him as a have friend. to disagree this is this. We just disagree on. Okay, too many we disagree things. on that. We disagree on Peta mainly. It's Peta, and I don't even hate him that much. But I think, I think what she realized in the cave was that she doesn't have a lot of friends. She doesn't even have any friends. She doesn't let anyone in her Gail. life. Gail is her only friend. Mm-hmm. She has been so burned her whole life. She has abandonment issues. She does not let anyone in. Yeah. Not even friends. So I think what that cave did was it made her realize, I love this guy as a friend. Mm. We watched the second movie. You and I were both saying when she kissed Peta in the second movie, that was the first time she actually meant it. Okay. Right? Right. So this is still movie one. This is movie one. She's still thinking she's going to die. So like, why not get a good kiss before she dies? From a friend, from a great friend. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I would have to say she has to mean it at that point. She knew that he liked him, that she, that he I know. liked her. Yes, he does. That's for sure. We can agree on that. And I don't think she thought of it as a friend. It's, I think she realized that like she needed him more than she thought. Do you think it's one of those situations? Could you get on board with you're in this crazy, weird situation where you both have been bonded together that no one else can understand. Gail's not there. Your mom's not there. Your dad's not there. You says no one's there except this one other human being that you yeah. can trust. Mm-hmm. I feel like she just had a shared moment with this guy as the world is essentially ending before you die. Mm-hmm. That if she ever went back to the real world, would have ended immediately. But in that moment, it felt real. I would say she would have ended it. But that is what happened. As soon as she went back to reality at the beginning of the second movie, she hadn't talked to PETA in months and was hooking up with Gail. They weren't like, they they were still just best friends. And she didn't initiate that kiss. Gail kissed her. We're getting into, we're getting into the second movie. Let's just agree to disagree on PETA. We'll agree to disagree on this moment. Now, after this... They do team up. They get a sweet team up. Let's mm-hmm. just fast forward to the end. Yeah. Unless you have any other thought, Peter thought. Just basically that Gail was watching them as they were oh, kissing. Oh, good call, good call. And yeah. totally love triangle forming because That's Gail was right. so jealous. He was like, I am the best friend that should have ended up with her. And now she's kissing some guy in a cave because she's about to die. That's a really good point because... In the book, like I was saying, you're getting Katniss's thoughts the whole time in the first book. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing her constantly right. thinking about Gail. Mm-hmm. In the movie, in HG1, when they're showing Gail looking at the TV screen, I wasn't connected. I'm like, who cares? Like, why? This guy's getting jealous. I'm not, I wasn't feeling the love because triangle. Because you, you couldn't see Katniss's point of view of right. missing That's Gail. Right. So it wasn't until the second movie where I really felt it. But yeah. But anyways, no, that's a good call out. They do start um, building that triangle, I think, for the later movies. It gets to the end. Do you want to just go to the end? Yeah, no, that's the next part I have anyway. It's PETA, PETA, Pato, Katniss. Yes. With the dogs. And they all, they, they want to end, like, sent the guy who's like, Seneca he is wants like, to end the games. Because I remember Katniss is walking through and she's like, it's 12 o'clock. It's noon. Why and they, is it dark out? Yeah. And they're right. like, because they want to end the games. So they, they essentially just bring all these dogs to like shoehorn them to the cornucopia. They want to just get these final three players. They got to get them in the same spot. Mm-hmm. So they have these like rabid dogs, like all funnel them the to this final one show. spot. And then you have Cato versus District 12's Katniss and PETA. Mm-hmm. Well, they all they all run to the cornucopia and are standing on top of it because the, the dogs can't get on top. So they're both on top, and then you see Cato come up, and then yep. he takes Jay Hutch, Peta, and oh headlock. shit, that's a big miss by us not calling him Jay Hutch this entire time. What I've literally Jay Hutch is in all of my notes. The, I just haven't said it. I wish you would have, because I would have been Dang calling him it. Jay Hutch the entire time. It's Jay Hutch for sure. Damn, I've been calling him that since I was twelve. Since birth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not since birth. <laughs> so, this Cato guy's got Jay Hutch and in a headlock, and what's Katniss do? She she shoots him with the bow and arrow. Peta gives him like Peta gives his arm like a little tap. <laughs> God, Leah's so drunk. She oh, just. No! 
she just turned 21, so now she can officially drink. Literally, for sure. stop. I'm not. I just Do thought that that was really funny. No. Okay. Pussy. So. Literally, you need to stop. <laughs> um, Kato has him in a headlock. Right. And is going through this whole mental breakdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. We did that. We we aforementioned that he is, he is broken, broken mentally. He's like, I have trained for this my whole life, and you're just supposed to kill me right now. Should we play that clip? Play that clip. Okay. Go on. <laughs> Shoot. And we both go down, and you win. <laughs> Dead anyway. <sighs> I always was right. I didn't know that till now. How's that? Is that what they want? Huh? Huh? I can still do this. One more kill. It's the only thing I know how to do. Bring pride to my district. Not that it matters. He's broken. He's, he's broken. just a broken little boy. He's a broken little boy. Didn't get to live his life. He's just been brainwashed into this person. Horrible life. to fight. Horrible life. Jay Hutch teams up with Katniss. He taps the Kato's hand, signaling that Katniss needs to shoot him in the hand. Mm-hmm. This dude falls. He gets eaten by the dogs. We've got Jay Hutch and Katniss now as the two winners of the 74th annual Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. And you think it's over, but just kidding. It's you, not. You're wrong. Attention, attention, tributes. There has been a slight rule change. The previous revision allowing for two victors from the same district has been revoked. Only one victor may be crowned. Good luck. And may the odds be ever in your favor. They pull a bullshit move and say, actually, only one of you can win. Sorry. Actually, fight to the death, part two. But, okay, you know, we're talking about it's a constant chess match between Snow and Katniss. This was his move. But, But it didn't, I don't think it started until this moment. Katniss is like, listen, if we both die, they don't get their winner. She was thinking it through by this point. She's like, I know I can beat them. So maybe like her previous chess moves were unintentional. Like that stuff with Rue, as uh, no, we said, I think that was it's a- all that was all based off of feeling and emotion and right. not knowing if you're going to survive. That's it. But now she's like, they want the reason that they. They changed the rules at this point is because they just wanted one. They're They're not going to get their one. And they're They're scared. They're going to get zero. They're scared. The Capitol's clearly scared that she's like starting to run the shit. I don't don't think she started to run the shit until they mentioned this moment. Snow was just the one who was like, we just need one winner. Seneca was the one who changed the rules. So I think I think Snow got scared that Katniss started to like really build up this following. And then, yes, to mm-hmm. your point, he makes his move and then she yeah. makes her counter move with the berries. Yeah. And that and yeah, now it's game on. I mean, now, now, now it's fully is on. like I am in the driver's seat. Yeah. And 
I do think she was like fully. Do you think she was prepared to die or with those berries? Because the the whole thing with the berries Absolutely. is like, hey, there's no way they're not going to let zero because people win. I think she thought that they would both die and then there would be an uprising anyway because there would be no winner. And again, like you said, Snow had that quote about hope. Yeah. And how there has to be one winner. Otherwise, it just instills fear and no one has any hope. Yeah. And you don't have the control. She knew at that point, I can beat them. That was when she, her her whole mindset changed about the games. It was like she was playing a game of chicken. And like she was realizing like as, as I'm staring down that opponent, like mm-hmm. I'm not moving. So. Well, her whole, her whole, this whole movie is based off of survival, survival instincts for her. She is just trying to survive. That's how the whole game works. And then once she survives with PETA, she realizes it's a game and figures out how to make her move. I like that. The rest of the whole movie is based off of dumb luck, except for that last moment. That's some knowledge. We should just end it right there. Not the whole pot. We got to do awards still, but we should end the actual movie breakdown part right there. Okay. I appreciate that. That was good. That was good knowledge. Thank you. Yeah. No, I like that. We really... We really drunkenly backed our way into that. I'm not drunk. <laughs> no, no, you're not. So first award, big one on this podcast, the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We're talking about practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award. This is the award to the guy who is doing the most. So you think about a practice hero. He's in practice. He's going 150%. And you're just like, dude, guy, it's not a game. This is practice. Calm it down. Do less. Do less. We can go at 50%. It's just practice. So I've got some nominees. You tell okay. me who you want to win for who you think was just doing of the most. Of your nominees? Yeah. Okay. And keep in mind. Okay. Th- I have mine. This, this is not like who you like more. So yeah, there may I know. be people. This is just who is doing the most the when doing they could the be doing the least. Number one, these first two group together. And okay. these are the Pan Am celebrities. Okay. So one would be Effie Trinket. I know you love her. Hard pass. And then two is Caesar Flickerman. Effie and this guy are in the same vein. They are covered in makeup. They're covered. Th- this guy has blue hair. She has blue lipstick on. There's just a whole lot going on. Okay, those are two. Okay. I'm saying the careers from District One and Two. Mm-hmm. They train their whole fucking lives for this shit. What's what the, the point? Fuck. Like. Your whole life. You're probably going to die anyway. Yeah. Do less. And then number three, kind of similar to number one, the Pan Am fashion. Like just this one is just for the fashion in general. I was going to make a comment on this, but in 2012, I thought that it was so ahead of its time and so fashion forward and it's too in the future for me to even comprehend. And then I watch it and I realize that that is just like our lives today. 
you look at New York Fashion Week, you look at the crazy stuff that models wear nowadays that most people don't ever even think of wearing. And that's what they look like. The makeup, I have to say, Katniss's makeup every single time, I was like, oh, I've seen that person wear that. This person on Instagram looked like that. The only one I agree with, I think that's definitely true on all the uh, like the clothes. The, the only thing I think that was still a little too much was like the hair color. And then like the insane eyebrow, like they'd have insane eyebrows and like uh, eyelash extensions that like literally out to here. So like, but I think that is very telling for like our era. It is like, like I said, in 2012, I thought it was like way in the future. And now looking at the past couple years, I'm like, that's not that crazy. People have completely changed the way they look in any every way. So then of all those nominees, would you default to giving it to the careers then? I'm not defaulting. I'm well, saying you, when I thought about your award that you were giving, I thought of two people. Okay. Do you want me to tell you who I thought it yeah, was? Yeah, add be? some nominees. I thought it was going to be one, Cato. Okay, that's a, a career. career. That's what I'm talking Yeah, and I nominated him. PETA. I'm kind of well, throwing knew, PETA under I, the bus a little bit. I but knew you'd I never think, give it to PETA, though. But the thing is, is that PETA did too much. He joined that alliance. Probably shouldn't have done that. The like I feel like he alliance. just he just did too much. He could have done less. I this he is could have uh, done less. This took an angle that I didn't anticipate. So you want to give the Ryan Phillippe Practice Award to PETA? No, I want to give it to Cato. But I'm saying I thought that the two nominees would be PETA and Cato. Okay. No, I went more the fashion, and it's either one I'm not as involved in the fashion world like that. And so that I could just. Be yeah. So to me, when I see all that shit, I'm just like, it's so outlandish and crazy. To me, it's immediately like a this is a do less situation. And yes, I'm. I feel like maybe I am in that Instagram like yeah. feel a little bit more yeah. than you, but just because I follow a lot of the people who are in that field and who are theater and yeah, just like that sounds out miserable. There. But that's me. that's what I look at the most and. To me, it's not out of the ordinary when I so watch it. So we'll give it to Kato. Okay. I agree with you with that. Picking knits section. I had three here. Okay. 74 years just seems like a little gratuitous for an uprising punishment to me. You know? I don't think they ever set like a limit. Like no, they were just like, let's see how long we can go. No, I know. It's it's going forever. But at this point, we're at year 74. I also, and we're still going with that. I totally agree with you because that was in my notes too of like, how, why is it just this year that they realize something is wrong? Yeah. That's a long time. So it's, That's I guess two it's quarter quells. It's, it's about to be three quarter quells. Yeah. Yep. We're one year away from a third quarter quell. But I, I think it's twofold. It's That's one, a whole lifetime. It's one, why isn't why haven't people, you know, started a rebellion yet? Because we're now like into a second generation of this fucking punishment. And then two, at what point does the punishment just end? It's like, hey, it happened seventy five years ago. All the people that were involved in that died. A lot the of the people seems to be excessive. Yeah, that's what it's, I'm saying. Like, like for the fuck. punishment itself, it definitely seems to be just like too long. But for the break mind it off con- at fifty. <laughs> but for the mind control, like I don't know. Like I feel like that could totally happen. They just want to. Yeah, they want the mind control forever. So that was one. Two on Hamish. 
are we sure that Hamich was ever skilled enough to win a Hunger Games? I think. How did he win? What was his skill set that he utilized? So I don't know. That would be a really good like prequel. Is he a combat guy? I mean, is he? Uh, what was he? I think good he at? could just be strategic, like you said. He didn't have to be out there and totally like I'm gonna kill everyone. He just had to be strategic with what he did, and I think he could totally do that. And we only he's saw a people him. person too. Yeah, he's so totally his, like a like, people like I can sponsors. please everyone. I can I can play the field kind yeah. of a thing. Um, so he's he's like in Big Brother. He's just getting alliances he's a, with he's everyone. He's in Big Brother. He would totally win Big Brother. If Hamish was there, he'd be the one. No, I actually like that. I like that. <laughs> Hamish had an alliance with all 24 like in a different volunteer. way. Yeah. No, but and then you we only get to see him. We don't get to know his backstory. I wish they would have just given us that that backstory then. We just could tell use us. a prequel. Just, Suzanne Collins. By the way, she did. She wrote a prequel. I know. I, I just haven't read it. it. I you, just bought, you bought it. it. Yeah, I did. I did. Preparing gonna, for this podcast. I'm going to borrow I, that I after it. you. <laughs> What's it called? It's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And I think it, it follows like President Snow's Interesting. life. Wow. Yeah. So we might get a little stuff on him. But no, I... That, that to me was just a quick convo, you know, like when have PETA and Katniss are sitting down talking to Hamish, like just have like them ask the question, how the fuck did you win, guy? What what did you do to win this game? I literally formed an alliance with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one. We've already talked about this. So I'll skip it. But it's just the whole Gale thing. I don't feel like they did enough good. Like, I don't think they did a good enough job of developing the Gale Katniss love connection in movie one. I'm so glad you brought this up. Gail? Because I, in fact, did a poll on my Instagram story. Why didn't I see this? Because it was on my private story. Oh, my God. I didn't want you to see this for the pod. Okay, fair. I was being strategic. Okay. Okay. I said my first one. When you first watched this in 2012. So, 2012 hat. (laughs) This is people... My age, 21 or younger. Right. No Love one this. is older We're really than me. We're really pulsing okay? the kids here. This is pulsing the teens. Were you team PETA or were you Gail? PETA won by 62%. What? 62% to 38 When you first watched it in 2012. Oh, okay. This, yeah. Now, when you watch it, who would you root for? 46% were PETA. 54% were Gail. Oh, so Gail God. Gail pulled through. But it was still really close. It was still super close. Only 46 to 54%. Okay, so as your friends get older, they realize they don't want a little bitch <laughs> as the guy in their life, essentially. I just, I play more of the fact of like Gail is her best friend and knows her the best. Whereas Peta is just the lover boy that kind of just flows in. He's, yeah, hot ass with no abs. Anyway. What's your next poll? My next poll was which movie was your favorite? Of the four? Of the four. Yeah, it's got to be two. Obviously, mine was Catching Fire, but I think Hunger Games might. The first one? It doesn't make much sense because the poll that I did like doesn't work exactly. It had to pick a right answer if you know how Instagram works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to like look through and like actually add all of them up, but I think Hunger Games pulled through and might have had a couple more. 
but it was between hunger games and catching fire no like there was like one or two people that picked mocking i can live with that i can honestly live with that hunger games one was like the first so i was the first everyone was excited and i remember going to see it in theaters two times i bought tickets two times for this show i mean that's fair and like then the other ones i all saw at midnight like i was there when the tickets opened like i was there love that i love that as long as the dedication th- as long as number three or four didn't win no absolutely then I'm satisfied. it was it was between hunger games and catching fire but i think hunger games did pull through okay next award section by the way awesome research by you Thank that you. was fantastic. But I didn't want you to know. So. No, that's good. That's good. I needed it to be anonymous. I, I liked it better that way. <laughs> Third one is MCITW. The biggest word on this podcast. This is brought to you by our fine sponsors, Wicklowware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Where? Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com. Type in the public VL. Check out get 10% off your orders. Gets the $30 on the baseball tees, $15 on the t-shirts, $40 on the sweatshirts. Who knows? No one we can a understand you. When it you doesn't say matter. That. It's an ad. It's got to go quick. You don't want to hear it exactly. Just know we got the swag. Slide into my DMs. You'll get it. Okay. MCITW. <laughs> I'll actually let you pick this. Oh, are you going to give no. me nominations? Well, let's just discuss this. Okay. Let's just discuss it. Have a discussion. I have two nominees. Okay. One is the obvious pick. President Snow. Okay. I mean, that's obvious. Like he's he's the villain. He's he's the worst character. I just want to say, like, President Snow, so fucking evil, zero redeeming qualities. He wakes up evil. He drinks a couple evil coffee in the morning. He pees evil out of his wiener when he wakes up in the the morning. He's the Dan Scott. He is the Dan Scott of this show. There's no layers to him whatsoever. I'm actually really intrigued to go read that um, The the prequel because if they actually layer him up, it's going to be interesting to yeah. see where I net out, but he's the obvious choice. So he's, he's one. And then two aforementioned fucking Katniss's mom sucks <laughs> ass. Okay. Do movie. I get to pick? Cause I want to yeah, pick, but let me just explain okay, my rationale me- for Katniss's mom. <laughs> There's always people in your life who will complain about shit. Like it's inevitable. I'm sure, you know, a lot of friends. I've had a lot of friends, coworkers, family there's people in your life who are complainers right Mm -hmm. some people are just like really funny about their complaints though and they're and it's kind of awesome so like when someone gets mad about something and they bitch about it it's kind of like funny it's like entertaining it's kind of entertaining it's like you kind of stirred the pot a little just to see them do this yeah like you kind of like bring it up just because you know you're going to get a rise out of them it's going to be funny to watch them get angry but then there's the people like the depressing people who like suck you in you know like Mm -hmm. they like drag you into their shit like they Mm -hmm. just drag you into it and so like whenever bad shit happens it's just like fuck this person's reaching out or saying something to me i know it's because they just want to like they're just going to pull me into their fucking shit Mm -hmm. i feel like Katniss's mom is the latter of the two. Okay. Like she's had fucked up shit happen to her. Like a lot of people have. Like it's life. Bad shit happens to everyone. Yeah, she kind of plays the martyr when she doesn't deserve it. She plays such a victim. There was that scene in that uh opening whatever where like essentially Katniss is like acting like the mom yeah, to the exactly. mom. Like hey, 
I'm leaving. You better pull your shit together because you have a younger daughter. You need to be a fucking mom now. Yeah. You know? Because I'm not going to be here to be the mom to her. Right. So I'm with you. So you've got the obvious choice and then the unorthodox choice Mm -hmm. of the mom who sucks. Mm -hmm. Where do you net out? Who's the worst? I'm going to have to say Katniss's mom. Yeah. Just because... President Snow doesn't really have a choice. I I feel like he's kind of stuck in this position. Yes, he's like evil. He like can play that evil part and be like, yeah, no, there can't be two winners. There only can be one. But I really just feel like Katniss's mom could have done so much more. She sucks. She's the opposite of the do less. She needs to do more. Right. Like she didn't say anything to Katniss when she volunteered. No, I love that because now we're saying... If you're the ultimate Ryan Phillippe, it's you need to do less. But if we're saying if you're completely opposite of Ryan Phillippe, <laughs> now you're MCITW. You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. As far away on the spectrum as you are from Ryan Phillippe means the shittier you are. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Katniss's mom, you get it. And we will tell you, Katniss's mom, fuck you. Go get your Wicklow wear. And get your Wicklow wear. And while you do it, be free and explore. Just like Katniss Everdeen. Just like Katniss. MVP of this movie. Final award. Oh, I didn't think about an MVP. I've got four. Oh my gosh, that's quite a bit. You have the obvious choice, Katniss Everdeen. We can't go with her, though. Uh, She's got to be listed, right? She's got to be nominated. She can be one of the nominees. But I really feel like she was carried through this movie. The more I watch By it. By PETA? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm saying like I watched it this time around and I was like, wow, the Capitol just really didn't kill her off. They could have killed her off like five different times and they just decided to keep her on. Okay. Like I feel like she should have died so many times. Right. So we've got... Katniss, who should have died so many times in the Capitol, kept her alive. Obvious mm-hmm. choice. She's got to be listed. Yeah, of course. Now, we've got Katniss is the obvious choice. Rue. Yeah, I want to throw because Rue. obviously pulls the heartstrings. I love Rue more than anything. Gotta love Rue. Rue is a personal choice. Three, I want to put Hamish on there. Okay, totally agree with that choice, too. Okay, and then my last one. Okay, this could be iffy. This one is iffy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should win. Okay. Cinna. Oh, interesting. But I like him more in book two than one. I was going to say, I think if we did a whole Catching Fire pod, he might be the MVP in that one. Because he shines a lot more in that one. In the second one. He 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 literally gets... his true colors. So let's let's say those are the four nominees. We're probably ruling Cinna out. So now you're staring at... Katniss, who's the obvious choice, Rue, who just is the, you know, heartstrings choice, and then Haymitch. You know, this might surprise you. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to tell you who I think it should be? Yeah. I mean, you pick it. I believe it should be Haymitch. Woody Harrelson. I do, because he's the one who sends those little pods of goodness to them in the games. He is the true savior. I mean, he's working the behind the scenes hard. Right. And he is the one. Yes, he was drunk and whatever. But he shows the true strategy of the game. 
think about it. If Katniss, get an alliance with everyone. If Katniss, <laughs> if Katniss wanted to go get that bow, the first time she saw it in the cornucopia, she would have run straight for it and died. Oh, she would have died without Hamish. Hamish yeah. gave her the advice to go do that. So I, I believe it should be Hamish because I feel like he gave the most guidance. And she dies a hundred percent without Hamish. Absolutely, that's what I mean. So Katniss could be your overall MVP, but not without Hamish. Yeah, Woody Harrelson just kicked some serious ass in this movie. He really did. Absolutely. I mean, when like I said, John C. Riley was considered for it, and I I thought that might be okay, but then Woody Harrelson crushed it so hard that it's like yeah. When damn. I laughed that <laughs> yeah. John C. Riley was the other I know, but <laughs> option. But it, it's just like yeah, Woody Harrelson crushed it so hard you can't even imagine anyone else, even as great as John C. Riley, like stepping in there. Yeah, just doesn't work. No, it was perfectly cast, like you said. Cool. Woody Harrelson gets it. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch as the best character and Katniss's mom as the worst. <laughs> Who would have seen it coming? It's outside of the box. Exactly. It's definitely like outside of the box. Okay. Anything else in your notes that you want to cover or should we take it to the finish line? Honestly, I really think that was it. Let's take it to the finish line. I can't believe that we're doing this. We're over two hours. <laughs> so that's going to be a fun I edit down. I knew that was going to happen. For anyone Just listening. Just keep it long. Well, there's some stuff that I need to edit out. Okay, for yeah, sure. but like <laughs> keep it at an hour and 15. You All that stuff we talked about China with, <laughs> that'll come out. <laughs> but okay, Leah D. Thanks for coming in. Brian D. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no This problem. is literally the highlight every time. It's the highlight of every time. Of I don't know what. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's so fun to do. And it's I can't the believe the last time that I was on, I was a teenager. No. Or was it right after? It was right after. We okay. th- I think we lied okay. to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just lied and said you were still a teen. Close enough. Close enough. You're still the only teen that's ever been on this pod. So I appreciate You will have that. that forever because there's no way I ever get an actual teen anymore to ever come on this you pod. You could. You possibly could. Maybe I'll grab someone who's got like a, a, jo- a Jay Hutch fan account. Just you stealing could. their thunder. Like a, a teen who's like bringing it back Is now. Is anyone that's a teen going to have a Jay Hutch fan account though at this point? Jay Hutch. Jay Hutch. My all time love. All time love. All right. Let's wrap it there with some Jay Hutch love. <laughs> Leah D. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate thanks it. We're going to tell those kids to have a really good night's sleep. You're going to help with the sign off and tell those kids what? Clear eyes, full hearts. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Should I say it again? Yeah, go ahead. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less <laughs> kids. Do less. Goodbye. Bye. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.